Support comes from Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to sustainable and sound conservation of the state's forests, which support more than 41,000 Missouri jobs, resulting in a $10 billion industry. Choosewood.com. It's Wednesday, December 8th. This is The Gateway. I'm Wayne Pratt. Some Midwest communities, including Quincy, are offering free land or $15,000 no-strings-attached checks to attract new residents. Some say the approach is vital to raise the profile of many cities and towns. They're never going to look at you on a map. They're never going to see you. Not on a major highway, not on the major interstate. Um, How do you put a spotlight on yourself? We'll examine whether these programs are working in just a few minutes. Missouri's attorney general is demanding state school districts and local health authorities stop enforcing mask mandates, quarantines, and other orders that he argues are now, quote, null and void after a recent judicial decision. Attorney General Eric Schmidt has sent letters arguing such orders, including some issued under prior statutes, can no longer be enforced or even publicized by the agencies that issued them. The letters follow a November ruling by a Cole County judge that declared a Missouri law allowing local health departments to issue orders unconstitutional. Schmidt says his office will enforce the ruling. A legal opinion has prompted a shift from the University of Missouri. It is suspending its vaccine mandate for all employees. A new court order blocks the federal government from requiring workers to get the COVID-19 vaccine. As a result, System President Moon Choi says the university is suspending the mandate for staff, faculty, and student workers. An existing vaccine mandate for the university's health system employees and UMKC faculty, staff, and students with direct contact with patients is still in effect. Choi says the policies will be updated if the situation changes. The legal battle over mandates comes as health officials cope with the new Omicron variant in Illinois, is now reporting its first case of that strain. It's in a Chicago resident who did not have to be hospitalized. This news comes as Illinois experiences a significant increase in new COVID patients entering hospitals each day over the past six weeks. Governor J.B. Pritzker says the state is providing staffing support for hospitals. We don't see signs of abatement yet, but I'm hopeful that what is now a surge of Delta variant Um, that is filling our hospitals will abate uh, over time and that uh, we'll be able to manage. Pritzker also says the state is looking into at-home monoclonal antibody treatments to ease the strain on Illinois hospitals. St. Louis County voters will decide if the county executive can hold another job while serving in office. As St. Louis Public Radio's Chad Davis reports, the issue is expected to be on the April ballot. The county council voted 4-3 to three Tuesday night to allow voters to change the county charter and decided the highest county officer is allowed to hold another position. The vote comes as the county council has accused County Executive Sam Page of violating the county charter while serving as a part-time anesthesiologist. Councilman Ernie Trakis objected to the bill. He says the charter amendment could open the door for others. Whether that would mean adoption of another charter amendment based on this one, applicable to members of the council, or other governmental um, officials. A spokesman for Page said it will now be up to the voters if Page can practice medicine during his spare time. I'm Chad Davis, St. Louis Public Radio. 
Missouri's State Board of Education is allowing two St. Louis area school districts to gradually transition back to local control. As St. Louis Public Radio's Kate Grumke reports, the state board members say it's a big deal for Riverview Gardens School District and the Normandy Schools Collaborative. The state board's decision will allow both school districts to add two new locally elected members to their governing boards. The districts are provisionally accredited, so their board members are currently appointed by the state. Missouri Department of Elementary and Secondary Education Commissioner Margie Van Dieven told the state board the timing is important because Tuesday is the first day for filing to run for school boards in Missouri. It makes today's discussion and decision really important as filing opens today um, that we're able to make sure that word gets out and that there are high, high quality candidates who are willing to step into these really important Positions. Voters will choose the new local board members in the April elections. I'm Kate Grumke, St. Louis Public Radio. Communities throughout the Midwest are tempting new residents with cash and free land. Harvest Public Media's Elizabeth Rembert reports mixed success and some lessons learned about relocation incentives. Drive about 40 minutes south of Interstate 80 in central Nebraska, and you'll come across the town of Curtis, population 800. Its downtown is nestled into the valleys of the Sandhills. So they do have a movie theater. They show new run movies. There's the library, law office, another bank right there. There's a restaurant called Anvil. Andrew Lee keeps the town running as its administrator. He says most people don't make the drive to find those features. You know, they're never going to look at you on a map. They're never going to see you. Not on a major highway, not on the major interstate. Um, how do you put a spotlight on yourself? For Curtis, a modern mini homestead act. You can get free land if you build a house and cash in your pocket if you enroll your children in the local public schools. Those kinds of incentives are becoming increasingly common across parts of the Midwest, trying to reverse generations of exodus from rural areas. They gained even more momentum when the pandemic forced the workplace to become more remote. You know, you can be a personal assistant for somebody in California or New York. They're going to pay you what they think is a steal of a wage, maybe at 30, 35 bucks an hour. And then out here, you're living like a king. Topeka will give you up to $15,000 for moving to the capital of Kansas. Buy a home in Newton, Iowa, and the city will cut you a $10,000 check. Tulsa, Oklahoma, and Quincy, Illinois also offer awards aimed at bringing in new residents. The big, basic question, do they work? Could this be a good model of recruitment as two-thirds of rural communities face falling populations? So far, the program seems successful at grabbing the attention of potential residents. But the jury's still out on whether a one-time award is powerful enough to bring small towns and cities back from the brink. In Curtis, where the incentives have been in place for years, All of these houses up here are all developed on free lots that the city gave away. Adding new homes can be a game-changer for rural communities dealing with chronic housing problems. After all, almost a third of the nation's houses without hot water are in small towns. If you don't build new housing, basically you're going to dry up and die eventually. That's Bruce Showalter, the housing director in Newton, Iowa. Newton's program has helped build more than 100 houses in the city of almost 16,000 people. A similar initiative wasn't as successful for North Platte, a city of about 24,000 in central Nebraska. North Platte's Chamber of Commerce was willing to add cash to an employer's new hire package. But Gary Pearson, the head of the city's chamber, says somewhere wires were crossed about the program. Most of the inquiries we got 
God. It's not, well, we'll cut you a check for 10 grand and you move here. We'd explain to him that, no, that's not it. He had to explain that you needed a new hire letter from one of the city's participating employers to qualify for the check. And we'd probably lose 90% of them right off the bat. You know, just like, oh, I thought you were just giving money for moving there. And I go, I, I don't know anybody in their right mind would do that. North Platte recruited 23 people. The city had enough money set aside to pay bonuses to 50 more. The city shut down the program, and now it's using that money on projects intended to make North Platte a more attractive place to live. Economist Tim Bartik says now that's a good strategy. You stick in your little jogging trails. I guess you get a few yoga studios to open up. You know, you, you, you find a few weirdo indie musicians or whatever. Bartik says the surefire way to draw more people is to make it a better place to live. But Topeka's VP of Marketing, Bob Ross, says his city's program is more than just free cash. The premise gets people's attention. It's just overcoming that mental block of what Kansas represents to you, or even appreciating the fact that Topeka even exists. So maybe for rural places and small towns, the real estate mantra, location, 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 isn't so much the key as amenities, amenities, amenities. But these communities are hoping their buzzy incentives will help people even find those amenities in the first place. For Harvest Public Media, I'm Elizabeth Rembert. Harvest Public Media reports on agriculture and rural issues throughout the Midwest. Shula Newman is the executive editor of St. Louis Public Radio, a listener-supported service of the University of Missouri-St. Louis. Music by Ryan McNeely of Adult Fur. I'm Wayne Pratt. This has been The Gateway. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, providing more than 41,000 jobs in the production of wood pallets, railroad ties, white oak barrels, hardwood floors, and more. Details at choosewood.com.